Blog Talk Radio. Ah, now we're there. Susie? Yes, hello. How are you? I am well. How are you doing? Good. Are you getting blasted with snow? I wouldn't say blasted. I would say um, uh, we're getting two or three inches of snow, which doesn't count as blasted. No, it doesn't. Um, You guys getting snow? I we're supposed to have a little snow flurries later today, but... Yeah, well, you know, it's only the first right. day of spring. We uh, That's right. Here in New England, northern New England, and of course in the snow belt, we don't get too excited about spring until around mid-May. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is only late March. So... Um, but it is exciting that we have this radio program on night right now, despite the uh, technical issues that I was experiencing in the very beginning. Uh, l- let's give the call-in number, as we always do, uh, 347-994-2981. And please press 1. Got it. Anything you wanted to start with today, um, besides the snow? <laughs> I work in a kindergarten class and help with reading. It's a small plan B success story. And, Let's hear it. Okay. One little boy in my group was extremely impulsive and disruptive and just all over the place. So the teacher put him in the sinking chair. Of course, I felt terrible about that. He was supposed to think about his actions and issue an apology upon his return. When he returned to our group, he was still agitated, not cooperative, not listening. So I had a plan B discussion with the little boy. And I said, I see it's difficult getting started on our blends activity. What's up? He didn't know. Clearly, nobody had really asked his thoughts about something like this before. So I had to drill down a bit, and it finally came out that it was a nice day and he wanted to play outside for recess. So we worked it out that they could go outside and play for recess if we did our work now. And the little boy felt heard and understood, and he calmed down enough to do his work. the end outstanding yes it was it was great so i'm curious about this thinking chair concept 
Um, what's supposed to go on in a thinking chair? Um, well, I just see the children as being berated and scolded and um, the teacher is focusing on behaviors instead of an unsolved problem. And, yeah, were you going to say something? Um, so, well, I was curious because um, behavior is, of course, downstream. Mm-hmm. So I guess in the thinking chair, you're supposed to think about what happened downstream. But um, the big question is whether um, thinking about what happened downstream helps you solve the problems that cause those behaviors upstream. Um So I'm always curious about what we're supposed to be thinking about in the thinking chair. Mm -hmm. We're only thinking about uh, about behavior. Um, I'm not sure it accomplishes much. But I'm very glad you did what this kid seemed to actually need, which is to have him think about what was going on that caused the behavior. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's where the action's at. Right, and also having the right lenses on. So seeing that he's lagging some skills and um, identifying those unsolved problems that reliably happen. There you go. Susie? Yes? We have a, we have a caller. Oh, great. Might be a repeat caller. I can't quite tell. Just a second. I don't know. I actually think it's not. So let's go to the phones here. Um, And area code 516, you are on the air. What's up today? Hello, Dr. Green. Yes, and Susie. Uh, my name is Rob, and I have a question. What if you um, – I, I read your book because we're concerned about a, uh, a friend's child who seems to fit all the descriptions of an explosive child, and they're so burnt out at this point that they, it's almost like they can't do anything about it. They're, they're not receptive to the possibility that that's the problem. I mean, what – is there anything that can be done for the child in that situation? And, and what's the setting here? I missed that part. Uh, the setting is uh, a family of five, two parents, three children. The, and and don't, um, don't give any names. Make sure not to do okay, that. Okay, no, I'm not. Um, and the other boy is, a, I guess, a uh, 13 years old, approximately, uh, sophomore in high school and has had been acting out for a long time. And, you know, my wife and I just thought we recognized many of the symptoms from your book. And we actually offered the book to the family. And, you know, they've just been so through so much already. They either don't have the time or, or have no more effort to give to, to help the child with the knowledge from your book. It, is there anything else that can be done for the child from the outside or 
anything. Well, without knowing a ton about the situation that you're describing, um, if people are completely burned out, the big question is how are we going to get their batteries charged and get them on a different track from the track that's causing them to be burned out in the first place? Um, that's a tall order for a book, but I guess I've seen uh, books do that for people sometimes if they have the um, energy to actually sink their teeth into a book. Um, so sometimes a book can do it, but more often uh, I would say they're looking for somebody to charge their batteries, often in the form of a clinician who can give them a better sense about how they got themselves into this fix and some short-term strategies that they can use to stabilize things and charge their batteries up a little bit so that they can embark on the very hard work of um, solving problems uh, so that uh, they aren't in battery depletion mode full-time. Um, I don't, I don't, but without a greater sense of the family, which I don't want you to give me because I think it would be a little bit, um, it might be, it might give away some identifying information that we right. don't want to do. Um, so that might be the best I can do. But I also know that we have Susie on the line with us here, who's the co-host of the program. And I think that she has been in burned out. I don't think anything's going to help mode. So she may be able to um, take you even further than me. Susie, what do you think? Okay. Hi. Um, I, you know, my imaginary gas tank was below empty. I was running on fumes. We had just, our family was in a perpetual state of crisis. Um, and it also took quite a few months for me to really accept and understand that we had a serious problem going on. Um, perhaps the other thing is is that there's no magic pill. You know, the problems didn't happen overnight, and they're not going to get fixed overnight. Um, but the model gave me hope. I, um, I listened to Dr. Green's tapes, uh, frequently, every day, just about. Um, perhaps if they're not receptive to the book, um, a CD um, is another way to approach it. But, you know, we found someone who understood and whose approach made sense to us. Um, it's it's a really difficult situation and and it's also very hard to accept that your family looks different and is different um, but what dr green's books uh do is help explain what life is like from the child's point of view. And um, it just, uh, you know, it takes time and it's a process, but but the, the model, the collaborative and proactive solutions work um, if you 
invest the time and energy, and I know that that's a lot to ask when one is so depleted, but it does make life better. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure, you know, the, the CDs, I think, would be along with the book. It, it's it's mm-hmm. that they uh, are just uh, don't feel they have the energy to to put into the process, I think, is the problem. Um, so that I think that's the biggest problem. So I don't know that a CD would help either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how to uh, recharge somebody's battery from the outside, you know, because I'm not in this situation. Um, but, the, you know, my question was had a little bit more to do with uh, is there anything that can be done from outside the family structure because it seems like something that has to be a daily process to get back on some kind of track. Well, there are certainly mental health agencies that have home-based services um, that they would need to qualify for, um, and that's something that they could look into. Um, Whether they're going to get collaborative and proactive solutions from a home-based provider is a completely different story, and so it's not always clear that that's going to charge their batteries, but at the very least, they may feel uh, extra support, and they may feel a lightening of the, the burden that is being placed on them by the situation. I think the big issue, though, is that uh, we, we probably don't know enough about the specifics of the situation to guide yeah, you I know it's hard, a whole lot more explicitly. Yeah. Right. But, um, so there are things out there that... that um, mental health agencies have. And and I guess the only thing I would say is nothing, uh, you know, um, what charges batteries? My experience on what charges batteries is having things slowly get better. And so with a lot of families that feel like they are parents, that feel like they are running on empty, as the song goes, um, mm-hmm. somehow we've got to muster the energy just to make something positive happen so we get a little bit of a recharge that we can build on um, because if we stay at empty, uh, we ain't going nowhere. And I, th- that's probably the best we can do without more details than we have. I hope that was helpful. Um, yes, thank you. You bet. Thanks for calling in. Take care. Susie, anything more to uh, weigh in on, on that? I know that... Um, you have experienced the empty battery. Yes. Um, yes, how, I have. What, what do you think was most instrumental on um, getting the battery charged? I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but my sense of the families that I've worked with is that better is what's recharging. Or just, mm-hmm. quite frankly, even before it gets better, having somebody who is able to understand what's going on in your family and explain your kid to you is battery charging in itself. But any further thoughts along those lines? That's exactly right. Um, Having someone understand and, um, as I said, whose approach made sense to me um, was huge. And also just the um, philosophy of the model that children do well if they can. And from reading the books, that, you know, children don't choose to be explosive. Um, It's not their idea of a good time. That 
you know, helped me to also get the right lenses on and to um, view it as a family problem and not just our child that that was the cause. Good. Well, I think we answered that one about as well as we could without a ton of details. Yeah, and that was Um, a difficult one. It was. Let's move on to some email. We do not have any other callers at the moment, but here we go. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are using your approach very successfully to define problems and collaboratively develop solutions with our four-year-old son. First of all, good for you for doing this with a four-year-old. A lot of people think you can't, but you can. What is the right response when we have a full-blown meltdown happening and he is hitting and kicking one of us? We have... Uh, as you know, Mom. I'm sorry. Uh, I think uh, there was something the matter, and I, I just missed quite a bit of what you were reading. Did there you? Was a little technical glitch. Yeah. We're, I got we're the hitting some and kicking. technical glitches today. Yeah. Uh, let me read the whole thing again. It says, we are using your approach very successfully to define problems and collaboratively develop solutions with our four-year-old son. What is the right response when we have a full-blown meltdown happening and he is hitting and kicking one of us? We've tried using the script for emergency plan B, but he keeps on right on, keeps right on hitting and kicking. We've tried ignoring his behavior, and he keeps right on hitting and kicking. We've tried removing ourselves from the scene, and he will go find his sister and hit and kick her. We've tried putting him in his room, and he throws and kicks and screams in his room. So this mom is clearly looking for some help here from us. And, um, boy, heat of the moment is a very tough time to um, do anything spectacular. Nothing spectacular to do in the heat of the moment. So I'm, I'm assuming mom knows that the ideal time on solving problems is proactively, and that's what the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems helps us do. Uh, It helps us identify the lagging skills uh, so that we have the right lenses on. It helps us identify unsolved problems so we know what we're working on. And it sets the stage for virtually everything to be done proactively. That said, there are still times when um, there's going to be heat of the moment episodes. Now, uh, and the the, uh, mantra here is defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe problem is uh, it sounds like mom is sort of trying to defuse and de-escalate and keep everybody safe and um, whatever we're doing right now isn't defusing de-escalating and keeping everybody safe it is possible to talk with kids proactively about that unsolved problem what should we do when you're so upset that um, you feel completely out of control. How should, we, how should we handle that? And that is something that I've seen families get some mileage on and schools um, for what to do when we're that upset. Um, ultimately, though, if you don't have a collaboratively arrived at solution, and by the way, there are kids who will go take space once it's been talked about proactively. 
the, the worst time to talk about it is in the heat of the moment. And the worst time to be trying to decide what to do is in the heat of the moment. So it's not a bad idea to have a proactive solution for that. Worst case scenario, you may be choosing until you start to make some headway on this. You may be choosing your least bad option for making sure that nobody gets hurt. And I've never been a big fan of uh, keeping a kid in his room. Um, but you're looking to make some headway on this. And if, in particular, he's going after your daughter and keeping him in his room until we can make some headway both on the problems that are causing him to get upset and what he does once he's upset, the room may not be a terrible option, even though I certainly wouldn't call it my favorite. Your emphasis is on solving the problems that are getting him upset in the first place proactively and during those episodes to have a proactive, collaboratively agreed-upon solution for what we should do if he should happen to get completely out of control. Uh, locking him in his room, way down on my list of things that I recommend that people do, although I occasionally have to pull it out of the hat just to keep people safe until we make some progress in some of those other realms. Susie, anything to add? Um, yeah, we, um, in the beginning, uh, you know, sent our son to his room as a punishment, but we later learned to turn that around, turn it into a positive, so that when he started to get upset and angry, he took himself to his room, and him having that control and that deci the decision was his, um, helped enormously and he would then quiet himself down um as you said about having proactive conversations um it was helpful to teach a vocabulary that i'm mad i'm sad i'm frustrated um you could work out things to do before he got to that point and lost his temper um maybe counting to five or to ten. Um, you know, our our son, as I've said before, when he got mad, he got too mad. So it was our job to, you know, help keep him calm and walk him through the problem. And I used to say things like, I see you're getting upset. This is something we can talk about. And lastly, I just want to recommend the adventures of stretch more pick your path stories for solving problems together by doctors trina epstein and dr green um, you sell more copies of that book than anybody <laughs> well i really like it here's one and at the very least she can read it the mom can read there it there you go yeah. mm -hmm. We, we do have another caller, this time from area code 818. Uh, area code 818, you're on the air. What's up? Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I have a five-year-old son that um, I have tried a lot of things with, um, and I'm kind of at a point where I don't know what else to do. Um, so he's been challenging since probably the age of two, 
Um, and he's surprisingly enough a fairly easy baby. Um, and um, I I did notice that when his brother came into the world around when he was around three, um, things seemed to escalate. I don't know. If, you know, I'm sure some of it had to do with transitions. But basically, uh, we have talked about. Um, you know, what you do when you're mad. We've gone through books about feelings. We've identified feelings. Um, in calm moments, he's very good at telling me exactly what he's supposed to do. He sounds happy to do it. Um, and, you know, so I have a couple of questions. One is, no matter how many times we've gone over what you do when you're mad, that you can talk to mommy, that you can you know, go in your room and take a time out that you can breathe. I mean, we've gone through, like I said, multiple times. In the moment when I say, okay, well, you know, it sounds like you're, you know, I can say it sounds like you're having difficulty calming down. I can say it sounds like you might be getting upset. You you know, let's go ahead and count. And every single time it's, I don't want to. No, I'm not going to. And he doesn't have that buildup to where he's almost to that point where I can kind of preemptively do it, he kind of goes from zero to 60. So I don't know how to try and help him calm down in the moment. All right. Well, it sounds like you've tried a bunch of stuff. By the way, I was in your area last week speaking at a conference. I wish I knew that. I would have gone to you. (laughs) I know. Um, It was sponsored by Echo Parenting. It was a conference on that was mostly focused on trauma, um, but I was delighted to be there, and I want to thank Echo Parenting for inviting me. It was a um, well-attended and top-notch program that they put on. But now let's get to you. It sounds like you have done a bunch of stuff, but the interesting piece is you have not done collaborative and proactive solutions. I actually have. I have done plan B with him. Got it. Um, Uh, The part, go ahead. Sorry. Um, That's kind of been our most recent thing. Um, And I actually sent you an email. When it comes to plan B, we've done this probably, I would say by now, at least 10 or 12 times. And every time that we've come up with a solution, when it's time so it's, if it's something where he gets to do his part of the solution, um, and then it's my time, my turn to do my part for what you know, whatever it is. So he gets his his um, concerns addressed, and then I get my concerns addressed. As soon as he gets his concerns addressed, then it nope, I want to keep going. So, and we've tried to come back to it, and in the when it's calm, it's like he can he can think about it, and he can he can you know, understand my concerns, but in the moment where, um, you know, it has to switch from, okay, you got to play or you got to do what you wanted to do, now it's time to kind of, you know, switch over to what we agreed upon, then he he can't make that transition. All right. So um, let you got we got two things for me to comment on here, then we'll see what Susie has to say, but in your in your initial description of what you were trying to do, it sounded like m- the vast majority of what you were trying to do was heat of the moment and trying to help your son um, calm down 
once he's already upset over a highly predictable unsolved problem. So that's mm-hmm. part one. And so the first question I have is whether you've used the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems to identify the expectations your son's having difficulty meeting so you can start solving those problems proactively. If so, you've taken giant stride number one, and the whole goal here is to get you out of the heat of the moment because, as you may have heard us tell our last caller, there's actually nothing spectacular to do in the heat of the moment uh, except Mm -hmm. defuse, de-escalate, and keep everybody safe. So. Um, yep. You want to spend ninety nine. You want to put ninety nine percent of your energy into what you're doing outside the heat of the moment, before the heat of the moment, proactively. So now let's turn our attention to the Plan Bs that you have done, because it okay. sounds like you may be coming up with solutions that have your son getting something before he then has to do what you want him to do, and I'm not sure that that's the kind of solution you're looking for. But I'm wondering okay. if you can give us an example of a, just so that I can be clear, what a yep. problem that you've tried to solve with him and an example of a solution that you've come up with so that we can get a better sense of whether we need to fine-tune the whole process for you. Can you give us an example? Yep. So one of the biggest problems that we've had is, is basically getting ready for bed, um, and I mean, so I, I'm not entirely, I will say in, in advance, I'm not entirely sure we've fleshed out the, the reasoning behind why he wants to get, re- what he wants to get ready for bed or why he doesn't want to get ready for bed. Um, or some of it well, the way we'd word it is what's making it hard for him to get ready for bed on time, exactly. but keep going. So the, way, yeah. the way that I, the way that I said it to him was, I've noticed that you have a diff- you have difficulty listening to mommy when she asks you to get ready to bed, what's up? And after going back and forth, his determination was that he wants to play. He wants to keep playing. When we kind of, I tried to drill down on that about what is it that makes you want to keep playing. Um, And he just kept coming back to, I just want to play. Um, And we even got down specifically to, I want to play with a fire truck. Um, And that he doesn't want to leave his brother. Um, he wants to keep playing with his brother. So uh, after, you know, and that was probably back and forth over time. That was probably a good five to seven minutes of drilling down. Okay, good. So when we came up, when we came up with, you know, I told him my concerns were that, um, you know, he if he doesn't get to sleep, then he's going to be really tired in the morning. I think the other problem, too, is so immediately as soon as I said that, it was, no, mommy, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be tired. So some of it, I think, is I don't know if he's of an age where he can completely understand the realistic nature of my concerns. But so you know, I said, well, that maybe you know, you may you may feel that way, but these are my concerns that we're talking about right now. So I'm just going to tell you them, and then we can try and find something that works for both of us. Yeah. Um, and so the way what we came up with, I said, you know, what do you think we can do so that you can you still feel like you get enough time to play and you get enough time with your brother but that we can get to bed on time and so we came up with you know his his idea was well i can do mine first and then you can do yours and i said okay well you know there has to be some you know 
how how long is it that you feel like you need to play in order to be okay? So he came up with 10 minutes that he could play with his fire truck and his brothers. So I said, okay. I said, well, we can't we can't make your bedtime go longer. So how about if we start your bedtime early? So we started 10 minutes earlier. You get 10 minutes of uninterrupted time to play with your your brother and your fire truck, and then when that's over, then we get ready for bed. And he was very excited about it and was like, yep. And then, and so we did that, and when I said, and I gave him, you know, fair warning. Okay, 10 minutes. Okay, you got seven minutes left. Now you got five. Now you got three. Now it's time. And then as soon as it's time, it's, nope, I'm playing longer. And So, so he still wasn't able it, to shift. No. Got it. So just a few fine-tuning points. First of all, I think you started with a pretty good unsolved problem. I think you did a pretty good job in the empathy step of drilling for information. I'm appreciating that you're new at this, but those actually sounded pretty good. <laughs> um, and, you know, this is, a, uh, this is sort of an acquired art, so it takes a little while. I think that your concerns yep. were spot on. Um, I think you did a great job in the define adult concern step. You want to be, and this is just this is picky stuff, but you want to be careful in the invitation to make sure okay. that you get both concerns back on the table. What you got back on the okay. table was his concern, but your expectation. Your concern okay. is that he won't get enough sleep. Your solution to that is he has to get to bed on time. So be careful in the wording of the invitation, right? But that's that's okay. not that's not a major issue. Um, I'm a little. I know that he was enthusiastic about the solution, but the solution has him getting ready for bed ten minutes before he previously was. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself, why would he be enthusiastic about that solution? But anyways, it sounds to be like the main issue here. I, I think you did Plan B uh, just fine. It needs a little bit of fine tuning, but I don't think that's the issue. My okay. uh, my assessment, to tell you the truth, is that you may have come up with a solution that wasn't as realistic as it might have seemed, or wasn't okay. as mutually satisfactory as it might have seemed. And the worst case scenario when you're doing Plan B is to go back to it and say to him, "I noticed that the solution that we came up with for the getting to bed on time problem doesn't seem to be working very well for us." When I tell you that uh-huh. you've played for 10 minutes and it's time to go to bed, um, it looks like it's still hard for you to stop playing. So I'm wondering if we should go back to the problem and talk about it some more because I don't think that solution's working too well. And in the course of that discussion, you might well hear that it wasn't as realistic as it might have seemed. His enthusiasm aside, it's not unusual for kids to be supremely enthusiastic, and adults too, by the way, about solutions that really aren't realistic and mutually satisfactory. So that's not, his enthusiasm is not going to be a great gauge for whether it's realistic and mutually satisfactory. Um, And so you guys Uh are back talking about it again. Um, Whether it turns out to be realistic that he can truly stop what he's doing and go straight to bed, you're going to find out. But that's what I would be talking with him about, because all you really have at the moment is a solution that's not working. Um, be careful about the wording of the invitation. It sounds to me like it's a little bit like we already know what time he's going to bed in this plan B. 
And uh-huh. if we already know where the plane is landing before it takes off, we're not really doing plan B. So those are just a few things to be careful of. Um, okay. Any thoughts on what I've just said? Um, so I guess a couple. So I guess, you know, one of the things would be, you know, taking a bedtime back a little bit. Um, and, I mean, that's something obviously we'll come up with. Um, I have, I did go through that, you know, sitting down and saying, you know, so, you know, I, I noticed that our plan didn't work out. Um, and so I'd like to, you know, see if we can go back and talk about it again. And when I, when I do that, and sometimes even when I try and do plan B, um, his, his response is, okay, mommy, I'll do it. I'll do it perfect next time. And, you know, and I've said, well, you know, I don't. I want to make sure that we're 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 talking about what bothers you, so that we can do it. We can do something that helps both of us. I want to make sure that you're happy too. And he and it's just I'm happy. I'll do it perfect next time. And he doesn't. Sometimes he he won't even get to that back into that empathy step with me. Well, and it does sound like he's eager to get the conversation over with. Um, Um, One of the things that I've been emphasizing more lately, then we'll see if Susie wants to weigh in, is that before you sign off on a solution, you want to give conscious, deliberate thought to whether a solution is truly realistic, meaning both parties can do what they're agreeing to do, because it sounds like he is uh, looking to get out of the invitation as quickly as possible. And the truth is, Just because there's a solution on the table doesn't mean the invitation is actually anywhere near close to being done. you still got some hard work Mm -hmm. to do. And the hard work is, and and you know, I think you said he was five years old? Yep. So this is going to be maybe a little hard for him to hang out in the invitation a little bit longer and think about whether it's truly realistic. We we don't want his enthusiasm to um, color our enthusiasm for the solution. The solution is not judged based on somebody's enthusiasm. The the viability uh-huh. of a solution is based purely on whether it's realistic and mutually satisfactory. So once a solution's on the table, you and your son are giving conscious, deliberate thought. Can we both really do what we're agreeing to do? Does this solution, this is the mutually satisfactory part, truly address both of our concerns? And you want to think about what those concerns are and think about whether the solution really addresses them. Him promising to do it perfectly the next time, uh, you'll have to get past that. You'll have to get past his enthusiasm because good solutions aren't built on false promises or enthusiasm. They're built on being realistic and mutually satisfactory. So that's something that maybe to focus on a little bit as well. Let's see if Susie wants to weigh in here too. Um, I love the way you're talking with your child and trying to understand him. Um, I just give you so much credit for that. Um, I think, as Dr. Green is saying, it was hard for me in the beginning that the first solution is often not your best. And um, I had expected my first solution to get the problem solved. But um, in practicing this skill, um, I would um, leave the invitation step with the 
with the words to my son that we have to visit the problem if it's not resolved. So that we usually, it was our third or fourth um, attempt at this that would really result in a um, durably solved problem. Um, The other thing I might do at a quiet time is revisit about not leaving his brother um mm-hmm. you know there there might be a little more to that i'm just curious um and uh forgive me but is would it ever be possible to put the brother to bed first we do we actually you do. do put the brother okay. to bed first the the other and I you know I I did try to I did try to kind of drill down on that he kept just saying that it was that he wanted to play with him the other thing I think I have a hard time with and I don't know if this is just his age I'm sure it has something to do with whatever helps to make him challenging but to get him to and I think maybe this is why the invitation step is hard for him is because of the length of it his his ability to focus through that. I would say about, you know, towards the end of the empathy step, his focus just kind of, you know, goes away and it's, you know, he wants to start playing with this or doing this. And so I don't know how to either make it quicker so that he's able to focus through it all or I've tried breaking it up, but then it's hard to get him back into the state of, you know, it's hard to be like, okay, do you remember when we did this step? Now we're on this step. And I don't know if you guys have any suggestions for that. Well, I would say that um, you've got a teammate here, your son. Uh-huh. Many parents many parents try to come up with solutions, but um, not in collaboration with their teammate. And I find that our solutions don't have a great hit rate, even though we think our solutions do have high percentages of succeeding. They they actually don't when we take a close look. So I know that you are just getting the ball rolling on Plan B with your son. I know that you've done uh-huh. a whole bunch of other stuff before you got to Plan B. I will say this sounds like a it sounds like you're dealing with several different unsolved problems here. So you want to keep them separate, talk about them separately. Okay. But um I'm not hearing anything about your son at this point that suggests he can't partner with you on solutions. Um, Okay. I'm not, but I'm hearing that you're fairly new at Plan B, and it can take a while to get a Plan B rhythm going. But I'm not Uh hearing anything about this problem that suggests to me that you guys can't solve it. Might take some creativity. Um, Might mean getting away from solutions that you come up with without the assistance of your partner. You may okay. need to revisit a few times. Um, you are welcome to call into this program anytime you want and give us an update on how things are going. Never be embarrassed if it's still not going well. We're happy to, just because you call once and get some guidance doesn't mean that's all you need. Um, let's go back to it and make sure that the solutions are realistic and Hello. Hello. Um, okay, sorry. Can By you the hear way, Dr. Green? I, I think you might have faded uh, no. out. Yeah, I couldn't wow. hear him anymore. 
Wow, we are having. Can you hear me now? Yeah, now I can hear you. Bizarre. We are having technical <laughs> problems today. But I'll tell you what, I also have a clinician in your area who is about to, who is about easy. to be certified in the collaborative and proactive solutions models, but she's not up on the CPS Connection website just yet. But if you email, go to the contact form um, at okay. the CPS Connection website, cpsconnection.com, shoot me, send, use the contact form. It will eventually get to me. I will send you contact okay. information for a clinician in your area who can help you out as well. Sound good? I actually did I did do that, and they said that there was nobody in my area. So I, do you uh, want me go, to do it go, again? And go to the CPS Connection website, and you'll you'll fare better. Okay, great. Thank you. Good. Thank you for calling in. All right, thank you very much. You bet. Susie, on that note, we have to call it a day, I'm sorry to say. Me too. You up for this next week? Absolutely. Me too. Talk to you then. Take care.